Okay, Connor Ward, welcome to the Cairo London podcast. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for coming along. Um, just a quick little summary. I want to talk to you about today, mate. Um, uh, like, well, a little bit about your journey, really. But um, we've got uh, for for those that are actually you know, interested who are not chiropractors, I think we'd like to get stuck into some goal setting stuff, right? Um, I learned a lot about some of the stuff I did with you recently. And so hopefully we get into, uh, if anyone's interested out there of setting a goal and achieving a target, you're going to gain something from this conversation. Um, but we're also going to follow your journey as a chiropractor so far. I love your lines of chiropractic community. For those watching, if I ever yeah. share the video, I am wearing a Lions of Chiropractic hat. Uh, you also spent some time at Putney Chiropractic. You went down to South America as a chiropractor. Um, and we also did this really cool coaching program to the Cairo London group in January 2021. And I want to pull that apart a little bit. And this is, it's been completed. And I want to just see what we've learned from that whole experience of, of working with our team. So thanks for coming along. Thank you. Thank you. Well, if we go back to, to this, to what he said at the start, the goal setting, um, my sort of... Hang on, hang on. Just before you get to the goal setting thing, yeah. let's set the scene a little bit. Okay. Describe what's around you right now. Where are you? Well, I'm at home right now. So um, now the home that you're seeing is my Zoom background because the home that actually is is a black wall. So I've got something a little bit more interesting with some sort of furnishings in the background as well. If the video goes out, that's what people are going to see. So a lot of people have complimented me on my my home furnishings, but uh, without realizing that this is, and this is the world that we live in, an illusion, a smokescreen. <laughs> uh, cool no, I, I love that background because it's like it's so much cheaper and easier just to do a filter than actually get all those cool plants and chairs and books, right? Uh, me and Dom are planning to decorate our house based upon this photograph, just in case anybody ever comes around and goes really disappointed with your internal decor <laughs> based upon what we thought you had on your Zoom calls. So Now, um, now secondly, though, uh, what are you drinking? Because uh, as you may well know, uh, I'm sipping away here on a Ground Coffee Society uh, Malawi blend today. <laughs> Well, because um, I was coming on the podcast, I didn't want to drink too much coffee, so I've got a sparkling water. Lovely. Very good. Now, uh, I will be sending you a uh, – do you have a coffee pod maker or just like the Nespresso thing? Yes, I do, yeah. I'm going to send you some pods from Ground Coffee Society, our okay. sponsor, Yeah. Uh, but also some ground beans if you're into the AeroPress or do you want the whole bean? No, I I love an AeroPress as well. Yeah, yeah, we've got both. both. So anyone can do that if they go to groundcoffeesociety.com. But now I have taken care of business. Yes. Connor, carry on. Goal setting. Where were you going with that? Well, I I mean, I suppose it's also important to set the scene of, I suppose, a little bit more about what what I do and where my journey coming here, as you said. So the brief introduction was that I became a chiropractor uh, uh, because of my love in sport. I I used to be uh, pretty uh, involved with rowing for for many years. I rowed for 16 years of my 36 years so far and and all the way from school. And I, I kind of was interested in uh, chiropractic as a performance um, maintainer or performance enhancer in many cases with, with sport and that's what uh, led me to to become a chiropractor but uh, you know with that I, I wrote a school I wrote a university and I went on to row for Henley Rowing Club at the Henley Royal Regatta and the regattas and heads of the river uh, on the Thames and in different countries around the world um, in those 16 years but as part of that as an athlete I had always sort of formed goals at the start of the season um, and also we talked a little bit about the coaching we just did with with uh, the Car London group uh, I had a coach I had diff- many different coaches along that 16 year journey which each brought something different um, along the way and my coach I had at school 
was different to the coach I had at uni and the coach I had at uni was different to the coach I had at Henley. And even though the idea of rowing is pretty, you know, you put the oar in the water and you pull, but I learned different things and having somebody tell me like by the end of 16 years, I knew how to row, but I was still learning new stuff in my final year of rowing because I had a coach. And so that's why having goals and having someone who maybe has a little bit more experience or can hold you accountable to those goals uh, is beneficial both uh, as a athlete or as a life coach or as a chiropractic coach. Um, and so that's, that's where goals really come in. So yeah. what did you learn from the goal setting part? Well, you know what was, because uh, you said, I'm thinking I'm the same with you, where I've always uh, been fairly into sport. I did schoolboy rowing a fair bit, but stopped when I was 18, but I'm, you know, massively into cycling. And, you know, for example, I've just signed up again 2021 to use a um, a cycling coach and he's set a list of objectives and we've got a target in the future, right? However, uh now that so, so that I think as a if you're a if you're into sport, it's a fairly natural thing to do is to sort of have a plan, a set of objectives, and a target to aim for. Hmm. Uh, however, I guess if you're not into sport, um, it's possibly a bit of a new concept, and uh, or some people are a little bit uncomfortable with that idea of sort of setting themselves a target to aim at, or even you know. A target that's too far or too big or too you know too whatever you know um but what i did want to pull up though and i want to thank you for this is that you are uh, uh, two weeks ago you introduced a brand new concept to me for goal setting how about that okay and it is the concept of setting yourself a legacy goal great i liked that mm. <laughs> I had never once thought about the idea of, you know, I'm obviously constant, you know, aware of trying to leave a legacy, make the world a better place, leave it better than I found it. But I'd never thought about actually setting much of a goal around what that should be. So I'm doing a little bit of work on that at the moment. Great. Yeah. Well, I love, I mean, I think just going back to the original, I, it was a, a really Although I set goals in sport and objectives in sport, it was really foreign for me to set up my first sort of set of goals, like where I wrote down something I wanted in my life. I remember that as well. And I think you're right in saying that, that there was like a level of being uncomfortable with it. But the way it was kind of introduced to me and the way I developed it was that we all have dreams and we all have things that we'd like to do in our life. We have a bucket list. And sometimes then we have these ideas and life kind of gets in the way sometimes. So a goal, uh, the process that we went through with, with the Carol London Group was to think about goals maybe 10 to 25 years in the future, right? And that's like a dream because we never know what's going to, there's so many things that could happen in the next 10 years of your life that will completely derail or replace those goals or opportunities could come up that were completely different. But if you imagined your life many years in the future, what would you like it to look like? So if you want to have a house or you want to live in a certain country or anything else, then you can start the process of looking back a little bit closer. So in, in 15 year time, if you want to live in Bali and have retired and have passive income and all those types of things, how do you look in 10 years time? How do you look in five years time? And then work right back to what can you do in the next six months to start the process of working towards that dream. And that dream, as I say, may change, but you want to have action steps because it's all about that compounding process of little by little building towards those goals. Um, I actually talked to um, my girlfriend Dom about this last night. So she's um, just handed in notice on our, on our work and she hasn't got a job to go into. She's a really scary concept for her, but I am very relaxed about it for her because since she went in she left home at 17 started working uh, straight away and then went to university and you know it's been working hard all the way through and she's been going from job to job to job to job uh, and always has a new job before she leaves a previous job and i told her that's like 
going into a relationship after relationship after relationship and not being happy being single and not really knowing what you really want from your job. Um, and so I said to her, you know, if you think about your passions and you think about the lifestyle you want to lead, then you can start to shape. You don't know the path. She feels like she's drifting right now because she hasn't got a job to go into. But you can be drifting is okay as long as you can look towards the horizon and say, I'm going to aim for that. Um, and that's really what a goal is, is looking towards the horizon and going, okay, I want to aim for that. doesn't mean you're necessarily going to hit it. You know, when you look towards the horizon, you can kind of guess how far something is away, but you don't know for sure. So it may take a year. It may take three years. You may have to go a different path to the way you thought it would be. Um, whenever I came back from Peru and was working with, with Carol London, um, if somebody had said to me, then you're going to start a you know, chiropractic seminar and it's going to be like really hard the first year. And then the second year gets a little bit easier. Third year, you'll get some real traction. Fourth year, you'll be like, you know, really doing well. And then there'll be a massive COVID <laughs> pandemic and you'll gravitate it towards doing like webinars. And at the same time, you're going to, launch a coaching program and you're going to be coaching then by the time you get around to 2020 like tens of uh, chiropractors they are becoming more and more successful and you have the program right done and then you're going to do this crazy coaching program with Carol London where you take the three or four weeks of intense coaching uh, and really get their like year kicked off you know I would have said I couldn't have even imagined any of that way back in 2015 but here we are today. You mean what? You mean I'm shocked that wasn't actually even on your radar back then. But uh, anyway, well, it wasn't. Yeah, I, I, in, it, because I came back, and I guess when I came back from Peru, I went out to Peru because I just wanted to practice somewhere outside the UK for a while, and I planned to go and travel for a bit. But I got a phone call from somebody who said that a certain Doctor Bloom had to leave. Uh, to return back to Australia and they didn't have anybody to come and take care of all of the hundreds of people that he was taking care of at the time and could I cut my holiday short by three months and come back immediately to the UK and start working <laughs> I think we negotiated down to six weeks instead of two uh, <laughs> so I came back from that and I didn't really know what my next step was but it didn't really matter five years down the line because things fell into place and goals adapted and things adapted. And I think if you can try and bring that approach both to your professional life and your personal life and your interpersonal life, um, which is your relationship with your spouse or with your family, with your friends, you know, you can, you can bring goals, which are just, you know, dreams or wishes manifested into a plan of some sorts then it makes you more likely to achieve it. Now, I, I, let me pick you up on a, a point you've made there about it's probably a really good time to start clearing the pathway for your life at a point where you are hovering a little bit, right, without too much stuff going on. And so uh, there's quite a good story of mine back in, and I just went and had a look at this actually, back in 2003 uh, I was single and I met up with my accountant uh, who I hadn't met before and we started using, uh, he started helping me out with a few different things and it was at that point that I presented to him my one-year, three-year, five-year, 10-year, 15-year plan uh, with all things kind of like immediate to long range on there, including meeting my wife and what our kids were going to be doing in five to ten years' time from now. And and he was he he, he loves that story where he kind of sits down there and goes, okay, well, uh, when do I get to meet your wife? And I'm like, no, no, I haven't met her yet. She just needs to be part of this plan that I have, right? Um, and then, like you said, sort of you you work out where you want to be, and then you reverse engineer or you kind of look back the steps for you to actually get to achieve that. And so, you know, everything on that 
that list of yearly summaries that I did, I achieved, except for there was a ski chalet in Europe that has not been acquired as of yet. Yet. That's what I mean. You just have to adjust the time scale a little bit sometimes, yeah? <laughs> and in the current climate, uh, I'm not too disappointed that I don't have a ski chalet in France, which has obviously been closed for 12 months. No. Um, but, no, it's it's just a good example of how, you know, that's the sort of stuff I did. Um, and uh, I've also dropped the ball on that a little bit too. I think, you know, if you're going to be doing that properly, you want to be sort of making sure you kind of reset those every year or so. Uh, and making sure that you're, you know, obviously, because I'm already, I've lived past that 15-year, 2018 was the was the 15-year plan, you know. Mm. Um, so I, I don't have a 15-year plan from now. But obviously now uh, my part of the objective for this year is to actually set out another plan like that but also make sure that there is the legacy option in there as well. And yeah. it's, it's you know, even without writing the legacy plan, obviously part of the setting up of the Cairo London group was to make a much bigger impact to people and the London community than one set of hands can actually provide. Yeah. So, you know, I'm taking some steps to do that. I just haven't really clarified exactly why I'm doing it, you know. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, part of the goal-setting process is to get the purpose, Right. We broke it down in the Carol London group into what we call an OPAR. So objective is the big goal, um, you know, owning five clinics, for example. Um, your A, uh, sorry, your P is probably the most important part, which is the purpose aspect of it. So why do you actually, because setting up five clinics is hard. Managing five clinics is hard. Managing a company is hard. Not many people are able to achieve uh, what you guys have achieved at Carol London. Um, so the purpose behind it has to be very strong whenever you have those difficult times, whenever you have those bumps in the road uh, along the way to the goal. Um, setbacks happen, unfortunately, in life, and they also define us whenever we can overcome them. But going back to that purpose statement um, is, is, is the thing that gets you through that. Your action steps are the step-by-step processes you're going to do week by week, month by month. Those are the things then that you review, and that's the R. So reviewing your goals and saying, geez, having five clinics within two years is probably a bit ambitious. We've managed to get two, which is fantastic. We should celebrate that. Now we can look to reset that goal to have five clinics within the first five years. Um, and then you touched on legacy goals. So we, we mentioned that a couple of times now. Legacy goals uh, are like, they're like my new, when I first heard them, I was like, it's so cool because, you know, we, we have so many things. I think about this often. Things that, like even Disney, right? Disney now is part of, like whenever Disney, Walt Disney made Disney, and put all that effort in and had all that creative talent and everything to create this business uh, that brought so many, so much joy to people's lives. He could never conceive that we would have Disney Plus. We'd have all the access to all of the Mickey Mouse stuff that he did all those years and that Disney would buy out Star Wars and would be doing Star Wars stories and all the things that they, they do now. But, I mean, BJ Palmer said it, Himself, you never know how far-reaching something you say or do today will have on potentially millions tomorrow. So there's the people like Disney who set up and were very successful in their lives, and then their legacy has gone beyond what they could have even conceived. And then you have someone like Van Gogh, who was a failed artist who sold one painting and committed suicide, thinking his life was a waste of time and has gone on to be one of the most celebrated artists of all time. Like, what a kicker, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, I mean, you put up a photograph a couple of weeks ago of your ancestors back in, they had all beards and, you know, well, I'm guessing they were coming to Australia or they were in Australia? They were in Australia, yeah, and it was the late 1800s, I believe. No, early 1900s, I think it was, yeah. Okay, so over 100 years ago, 
they were going to pioneer into a new country and like what an adventure that would have been back in those days. There was no Qantas Airlines taking them down. Uh, you know, that was a real undertaking. And their legacy in doing so has led to where you are today. So legacy goals are trying to think about what your professional work is going to do beyond you leaving that role. So say you uh, are working currently and you want to leave your job eventually in better in a better position than when you've taken it over. Or if you're an entrepreneur and you've set up a company, you want to grow that company to a point where you can sell it and you've done your part and whoever you sell it to is going to grow it to Disney plus level where you know it's making a, a bigger impact than you could have ever even conceived. Uh, but also then your legacy goals are whenever you eventually depart from this world, what your ancestors are going to, because the reality is you had that amazing photograph from the start of the last century. Beyond that, we don't have any other real records bar written records of our ancestors, but we certainly don't know what they look like. But the reality is that our ancestors going, our ancestors going forward are going to have a whole Facebook worth of like memories and photographs and things that they can potentially look back on and really really get to know who we were as individuals and what we stood for and our beliefs in one thing or another. So a legacy goal is now even more important than ever than any of our ancestors ever had. So yeah, mm. I love them. But then that segues really nicely into something I was going to sort of touch at at some point in this conversation, and and that's, um, you know, when when I decided that 2021, the New Year's resolution for me, I, I didn't really have a set of New Year's resolutions, but I decided that with everything that was going on on the planet, it was a good year to be starting to really focus in on what I can do personally to give back to the planet, right? Um maybe partly wrapped up in the whole concept that chiropractors are in the really fortunate position to carry on working through the pandemic, unlike obviously some of our friends who, and, and, you know, health related businesses that have been forced to close. And I'm like, well, well, how else can I sort of maybe give back to the, either the local guys or to the planet or whatever it might be to, to make a bit more of a difference um, beyond the business that we're actually doing right now as well. Um, and, you know, I, I, I did come up, um, I had this conversation with the Ryan, the ASRF president a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And, and, you know, part of the way that I decided our company could give back is that we have since become a partner, a research partner with the ASRF, right? Which is just a process of giving a, a monthly fee to the ASRF to support though. It supports the development of research, which is subluxation-based and health-based research, not back pain, neck pain, headache research. And that was like one little step I found to actually sort of do that and follow that through and to sort of help give back to the profession that has served us so well in the development of Cairo London. Yeah. But, you know, I'm still developing ideas as to what else I can do to either personally or our group can do or our group of chiropractors can do to actually give back in some way. So you got any ideas that you can add to my... Uh, well, I think there, there definitely has been a shift. And I think the one thing that COVID has given us is a bit of a, a break. And, um, you know, we're now, I suppose, seeing a, a little bit more about what our potential effect has been on the planet. And, you know, um, there are many things, I think. So one thing we've been looking at is uh, banking with a ethical bank who only fund into companies who are green and are going to be proactive in protecting the environment. So there are banks out there that do that. And I had a conversation with my pension manager and asked him to also shift my pension into a green pension. Now, I don't know if this was like the luck of the Irish and the fact that Ireland is green, but, uh, Green energy did so well this year. Like my pension pot in a year that was struck with pandemics and everything grew by 14%. Fantastic. Like, you know, it, but it wasn't like that wasn't a like a really clever Connors and investment banker type thing. It was just like I wanted to 
shift to more ethical brands and my money that I'm saving towards my retirement going to something that's actually going to make a positive impact for the environment. And actually, that was clearly on trend with a lot of other people's thinking. So increased investment into green energy and renewable energy and uh, clean water and things of that nature has has obviously increased uh, in the in the last year. So those are just some of the ways that we can think about how we are saving our money, investing our money. And beyond that, yes, I think, you know, we are all, if you're a chiropractor in a way, in a community, we are business within the community and we have options to where we spend or put our money. So I just like you with the Grand Coffee, have a Grand Coffee Society, have a relationship with one of our cafes down the road. Uh, and it's a local cafe. I know the owners very well. I have eaten everything on their menu to the point where I'm like a little bit bored of some of the stuff on the menu. I know what I like on there. They know how I like it too because I eat there so often. But I could go down the road and eat at a Costa or have a coffee from a Costa. But I choose to continue to go to them and support them because their restauranteurs, PTs, gym owners are all really struggling at the minute to get through this period. So, you know, you can watch a YouTube video or you can pay a small amount to go and do a class at your local gym. Um, you know, I choose to, to do, to do that, to support the people who are, who are really struggling. Amazon don't need any more of my money. They, they <laughs> you know, so if I'm trying to, to shop, I'm trying to think of ways to, to help support those smaller businesses, um, along the way. Cool. All right. Well, maybe let's shift over and talk a bit more directly about this crazy idea we had at the start of 2020, well, at the end of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for helping us with that. Uh, I think the idea, the, the, the idea is to obviously was to set up a mentoring coaching program for our, I think there were 15 chiropractors involved in this process and, um, obviously shows what a great bunch the Cairo London company is to invest back into our uh, group in such a way uh, or to mm-hmm. sort of set up that sort of a thing. Um, but, you know, as some would say that it was a bit of a bad time to maybe do that because, you know, we just actually went into this like lockdown 3.0 and, um, you know, it was time when, you know, potentially our business is going to be affected by some of that sort of stuff. And we were closing our clinics on a Wednesday morning to enable all of our team to do that. So we were kind of shutting the doors for revenue uh, or to look after people, but we figured it was worthwhile doing because, um, and as it turned out, we obviously, it was really good to have something positive to focus in on once a week for that whole January period to just like, clear the mind, focus on what we can do to improve ourselves uh, as opposed to, you know, back in December when we were talking about the idea, the idea was that it did meet some resistance, you know. It was like, oh, I don't want to sort of close my shift, Uh, you know. um, We asked the chiropractors to contribute some money to it um, so that, you know, that they had some skin in the game effectively and there was a bit of resistance to the idea of, paying for things like that and um uh anyway but as it turned out it was a really positive experience and um yeah you've you obviously did a lot of hard work in getting together the whole program and um you know it was certainly beyond the expectations i think we all had for the experience so uh what do you want to talk about with that well, first of all, thank you for, for that feedback. Um, yeah, it, it was a good bit of work to, um, so I've been doing coaching with one-on-one for, for many years and helped um, mainly chiropractic associates, um, you know, start off in clinic and you get equipped to adjust people and to 
notice the dangers if a patient comes in with something that is more serious than the sort of uh, regular things that we see. But you often aren't given much in the way of any sort of business acumen or um, management or how to deal with uh, certain cases or just like dealing with the the general public. You know, sometimes things will just be thrown at you and and, and they seem to be completely out of the blue. So just in the same way that I knew how to stick an oar in the water and pull in order to row, a coach hopefully gives you strategies and techniques and things that allow you to be more effective and and provide a better service uh, to the people you see, uh, hone your skills. And I think the thing we, we talked about was obviously the fact that chiropractors are normally going to seminars and meeting up with other chiropractors and learning new ideas. But because of the, the current COVID situation, that's, none of that's been happening. So we then decided to try and put something together that would benefit both new starters, new new uh, chiropractors who qualified recently, and also people who've been in uh, the chiropractic field for, for many years. And I think we managed to strike that balance well and uh, and, and go through a, a, a sort of systemized process to, uh, like I say, improve, improve the service and, and make sure that we're delivering results on a more consistent basis. Oh, cool. So, it was uh, you know something that that I like. Well, I've asked a couple of other chiropractors who are into coaching. Is what's the deal with either chiropractors feeling like we need to, or you know the people who come in to see us? Why are we spending so much time and energy into sort of improving our communication skills? to be able to maybe either educate people about how important their health is or to motivate them to sort of take some positive action steps? Um, what is it about chiropractors that, that feel the need to do that so much, especially compared to the group of, say, medical practitioners um, who when you go to a spinal or, a, say, a knee surgeon, they either tell you you need a knee operation or you don't, <laughs> and there's not yeah. a lot of education going on there, you know. Um, yeah. What's the deal? Well, I think for starters, if you ask the general population, and I do it many times whenever I do go into companies, what the most important organ in the body is, they will often say the heart. And the argument I counter that with is that you can cut out the heart and put it in someone else's heart and you can keep on living. You can live with one lung, you can live with one kidney. But if you switch your brain off or your nervous system off for more than about 30 seconds, then you are dead. If it's anywhere around that time, you probably will have lasting brain damage and will have some form of disability. So the general population do not understand the importance of the nervous system and the brain. And it's such an important system that it can't, it's, it's it's so important for our lives. It's basically protected so much by your skull and by your spine that if it's going to fail, it's going to be so detrimental. Whereas your heart, you can have a heart attack and kind of survive. If you have some sort of stroke or brain trauma, it quite often will be deadly. So because there's this whole idea, we understand about cholesterol, we understand about diabetes, we understand about these things are reinforced all the way through our lives. We hear about them often. People do not hear often about the effect spinal restriction has on the nervous system or until you logically tell them the fact that we are living lifestyles now that are so far removed from what we evolved to do, hunters and gatherers, farmers, using our bodies in a dynamic, physical way, we're not designed to sit for eight hours using technology, going to school on Zoom. You know, there is a knock-on physical um, result of trying to live that lifestyle. And that's where chiropractors are perfectly placed in order to alleviate that. But the struggle that we have is that there's 3,500 chiropractors in the UK for a population of 60 million, you know, by comparison, there's something like 65,000 physiotherapists. 
Um, you know, we have hospitals, we have medical doctors, um, but medical doctors in themselves are there for whenever things go wrong. We talk about them being illness management more than proactive health. So chiropractors are there for both. We're there whenever you have a problem, a physical problem, say, or we're there to try and help improve performance in sport or health in a vitalistic kind of way. So that's why we need to have the communication because there's we go to university for you know five years and learn or more and, and learn all this information and we have a very short period of time normally you know an, less than an hour in the first couple of days to try and impart that information to some to to a person who has no idea about chiropractic or no concept of what their spine and nervous system does so we focus on communication because we often want to tell them everything all at once and it's too much information for an individual to take. So what we have to do is find what are the most important aspects to relay to them and communicate to them. And then whenever they're coming in for their subsequent visits, drip feed them concepts, ideas, so they can logically think them through and come to the same conclusions because chiropractic is very logical at the end of the day. Um, so whenever you present anybody with the right sort of information, they come to the same conclusions that we have after after many years of, of, of education. So that's really what it's all about. No, it's good. It's, it's like I was listening to a friend of mine, Angus Pike, who um, is an Aussie Cairo, and he's, he was talking about his mindset whenever anyone walks in his practice is that, hey, I'm here to be your chiropractor for life, right? Now, I accept that as you go through your own life, you're going to drop in and out of visiting my practice because there will be things that just sort of get in the road, you know. Um, However, my intention is to look after you for life because I know with all the stresses and strains and stuff that goes on in everyone's life, the spine needs a constant amount of help. And even if you're exercising well, eating well and doing all sorts of things, there are still things we're doing with our devices, with our posture, with um, in and out of exercise that, that mean you, there's an argument to say you do need a chiropractor for the rest of your life. However, as you say, that first five visits you have with a chiropractor and then you stop, you don't really have an ability in that time to understand the bigger picture of how important it is. Um, And so that, as you were talking there, I was just sort of thinking about that idea of like, you know, it's, it's, it's a life choice. uh, And and in theory, hopefully, even though we are becoming a little bit more mobile in our lifestyles where we don't stay in the same village for the whole of our lives anymore, it's, it's something, it's a nice way to look at it whereby we're sort of, I want to look after you and your family for the rest of your life I totally appreciate you're not going to be with me every week for the rest of your life, but, um, you know, uh, that's my intention, you know. Yeah. And I think, it, it, you know, one thing I would say, and I do say regularly to my people who I take care of, but also the people I coach, is that dentistry has done a wonderful job at educating people about the importance of being proactive with their dental health. Like we start brushing our teeth as soon as we have teeth. We bring our children to see the dentist. You know, you talked about bringing your kids to have braces put in. You know, we invest a lot of energy and effort into maintaining the little tiny bones inside our mouth. And as chiropractors, I see our role and our legacy for the next generation of both chiropractors and people is for us to raise the awareness of the importance of the spine, the fact that sitting is very detrimental to your health when you're doing it for a long period of time every single day, that we should be doing things like yoga and Pilates, which are equivocal to brushing your teeth, and you should be having your spine checked by a specialist who can detect spinal restriction and relieve it uh, as necessarily as you need, often as you need it to be um, for all of your life, because unless you're going to stop sitting at a chair for work or you're going to you know, not do your favorite sport, you don't want to play golf as regularly, you know, those are the life effects that we talk about with patients where we're trying to understand what, why are they coming in to see us? And my wish, and, you know, we see it happening more and more, is that people are bringing their kids in 
mums, uh, pregnant mums bring their kids in straight after they're born just to make sure that everything's good. I have a number of, uh, probably about 20% of my client base are under the age of 10 and they're coming in uh, with their parents, not because they have any pain or any problem, but because their parents want them to be well in the same way they want them to have healthy teeth or they want them to uh, exercise and they understand that you know, it's, this year has been very interesting because it's the first time I've seen kids coming in with what I would call adult problems, mid-back tension from working at a desk, using Zoom, working at a laptop, like those types of problems now I'm seeing in nine-year-olds. And it's just because they're not outside playing with their friends at break, at lunch. You know, they're not able to go out and play the way they, they were on swings and pine trees and everything. And, um, you know, that is just the lifestyle that uh, we're seeing at the minute. Mm. That's cool. I'm, I'm glad you, uh, as well, you brought up that that dentistry thing too, because I think even though we have the illusion that dentists have done a great job of educating us about um, teeth health, I think when you speak to a dentist, they say that percentage of their clinics that are full of people coming in for checkups for no reason is actually fairly low. Um, there's still a fairly high percentage of you know people who just leave it to the last minute and wait until they have a tooth that's falling off and then then they do something about it which probably in in you know a full circle comes around to sort of saying in a nutshell human nature uh we're interesting bunch in the way that we're sort of you know more motivated by stuff that's out of our control than actually things that we can do proactively hey um Anyway, look, we we uh, we could natter on about this forever. Um, I do. I did want to um, this your Lions of Chiropractic community. Let's give sure. that a little bit of a plug, and I think that's a, like a really good example of how you are leaving a legacy right there. You know, I know it started off as a once a year seminar, but to a degree, lockdown has been its friend in the way that now you've you've pivoted, pivot to uh, a uh, sort of, you know, a, a twice a month, sometimes three times a month, Monday night webinar. So tell us a little bit about the journey there and what your plans are. Well, the, the seminar originally started um, in the UK. Uh, I was actually talking about this with the rugby being on at the minute. Um, I wanted the first idea of the concept of the Lions was to have something that represented the UK and Ireland. Um, in one and so the Lions rugby uh, team was the was a, the only thing I could think of that incorporated all of the home nations. So the the Lions of Chiropractic was kind of originally conceived to try and help uh, raise awareness of the real success stories like yourselves um, in the UK who are uh, you know working within our culture and in our environment. Because when I went to a lot of other seminars. Uh, I really appreciated <clears throat> the energy and effort to get American speakers and Australian speakers and South African speakers up on stage and flying them from all over the world. But a lot of the time I find what they were teaching or talking about wasn't as applicable to the people we see every day and in, in, in practice in the UK. So it started off with that kind of concept and, um, you know, we, we always have had a very strong UK-based um, chiropractic community. And then with lockdown, when it happened, we understood that it was a bad thing in, in many ways because we, we weren't able to practice for a number of weeks, um, but good in others because it gave people time that they maybe didn't have before. So we started doing webinars and bringing in, uh, sort of using our contacts from all around the world to uh, allow people to learn in the comfort of their own homes. Um, and then that's, we were doing it three times a week uh, during the first lockdown. And then uh, a lot of people said that the benefit they actually got was because they live far away from anywhere, you know, with people from like the depths of Scotland or from in Africa where they just didn't have access to these types of speakers on a regular basis. And they'd learned so much from the webinars that they were like, we have some sort of service like this ongoing. And that's when we came up with the subscription service. Um, there obviously was a, a significant cost involved. We did it because we wanted to help people through that initial lockdown period. Um, and so the subscription then started where it was just basically covering our cost of doing it. 
um, and it's continued to, to grow. We've got a fantastic base and uh, we love our community and, um, you know, we wanted to sort of keep on evolving and, and giving as much value to the community and, and really just helping connect chiropractors um, and helping all of us be sort of stimulated and, and educated along the way uh, as much as possible. It's really cool, especially like, you know, the diversity of the stuff you get on there too, you know, from everything from like how you deal with the scoliosis um, from a physiotherapist, I see, Mm. uh, all the way through to, you know, how the body perceives um, pain or how the brain perceives pain more recently to, you know, neurology stuff to all sorts. So it's, um, uh, it's, it's quite you know, it's a CPD has never been easier. I'm going to have so much CPD this year because you only need 15 hours of like group CPD, yeah. uh, and I'm going to have about a hundred. Yeah, well, that, that's and that's the beauty of it because you know, being the host of it, I've learned so much from all of these different people, and you know, I feel better equipped now to deal with pediatrics, to deal with people with complex neurological issues. Um, you know, I've, I've, it's, it's already changed my practice and how I approach people, how I communicate with people as well. So, um, you know, I think the, the benefit is is there. And I think, you know, uh, education, the, the problem with the multi-speaker chiropractic events, while they're great for the community, is it's a lot of information to try and implement all at once. So if you're getting that sort of hour every couple of weeks where you can listen to the webinar and then, implemented that week and then you have something different the next week to uh to make you think in a slightly different way it, it, it just sort of slowly moves the needle each week uh rather than trying to do too much too quick mm. so have we missed anything mate I'd, I'd like to at some point well if we're going to round it off soon um give us a, a little bit of words of wisdom for 2021 if you've got any kind of you know, 2020 was nice to say goodbye to. Um, it was a pretty crazy year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think there are still loads of things that are challenges that are going on in 2021. But you know, any signs of hope that you can share with us? There's many signs of hope. I think the thing is, people don't like change, and 2020 for all, it's challenges created change and there will be talk about legacy goals there will be a legacy from covid be it that people have more freedom to work at home whereas it was seen as a luxury or even free food in the past people will uh will there probably will be knock-on social uh, you know effects on our on our youth of today who haven't been able to go to bars and party you know consume alcohol in the same way that we did whenever we were in our formative years um but i i I said that dom 2020 was a fantastic year for me in many ways definitely many challenges with it and i think it's easy sometimes to buy into the negativity of what those challenges bring and you know i've had people uh, unfortunately who um have passed from covid who i know and you know it's affected it's, it, it's not much closer to home in the recent times than it was at the very start. But even with all of those challenges, there is always opportunity. And I think a lot of people have seen, you know, that they've questioned aspects of their life. I've had many patients who changed careers, um, who have moved house because they realized that where they were living wasn't actually making them happy. So, um, it's always the yin with the yang. Whenever you have a challenge, the challenge for the individual is to try and switch their mindset from um, the negative aspects to it to what they're grateful for in that time. Uh, be it being, you know, our cats and dogs will not know what has gone on whenever we go back to things being more normal. They'll be like, what? you were at home every day and now all of a sudden I have to sit at home or our kids will remember this time when, you know, the family was all together or instead of going to some foreign holiday, you went to the Lake District and that might be their favorite holiday they ever had. So there's going to be good with the bad. 
And it's important whenever those challenges come that we return to those things we're grateful for. And when we're setting goals for this year, because there's so much uncertainty, it's kind of a, a challenge to have, say anything with definite. You want your goals to be as specific as you as you can make them, but we can't do that at the minute because we have no idea what's coming in the next few months. We certainly didn't think that this lockdown process would be happening a year later uh, from whenever it first started. So um, it's about trying to be creative um, if you have the freedom to do that. But if you don't, if you're like taking care of your kids and trying to homeschool and get through the day, then just give yourself a break and be like, right, my goal is to like, get through this period of time in one piece and then to have a holiday at the end of it all where we can really just celebrate and kick, kick off and, and, and let things, uh, you know, sink in and, and change. So, so, yeah, that would be my, my closing statement. Very good. Thank you, Connor. Insightful stuff, as I would expect, no less. Um, but, yeah, really good. Um, uh, others have mentioned that, that focus on what you have as opposed to what you do not have or have not is the theme for 2021. I think, you know, um, enjoy that all that's around you and try and deflect the focus away from all that stuff that perceivably you're missing out on. So, and I think, you know, that same thing goes that that's in your personal life, but for chiropractors who are listening, it's also, you know, it's easy to go, Oh, my numbers are down or I can't do the traditional marketing strategies I used to do because none of the gyms are open or, or whatever. But it means we also have to focus on our service that, to the people that we're seeing because if you give great service, then people will send you referrals. They'll trust you with their, their, their family and your friends. Um, and it allows you to adapt your marketing, adapt your, your strategy um, in business. Uh, and I know it's hard for many business owners out there, but the potential positive is that you will uncover a way that will be a legacy changer for your business. You'll find uh, some sort of strategy or some sort of method. You're going like, wow, if it wasn't for COVID, I would never have found this out. And again, in some ways, that might be a blessing. Mm. All right. Thanks, Connor. Taking the time to join the Cairo London podcast. Anytime. Signing off.